Hey, welcome to the Bodies Built Better podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Tan, and this is a fringe edition episode. And if you're not sure what that means, well, I mean, if you're an Adelaidean, you'll know exactly what that means. It's the time that the city comes alive with the Adelaide Fringe Festival where we get... I mean, it's like there's a party on every corner of the city and we have the pleasure of seeing the most incredible performers and artists showcase their work and their profession and all the amazing things that um, they do. So it's one of my favourite time of year and I have been, as a massage therapist, working with a lot of the fringe performers um, over the years. It's probably been maybe um, five or six years now. Yeah, five or six years. So I've had the pleasure of just working with the most incredible, incredible performers. And I thought this year, I've got the podcast and each and every one of these performers has the most incredible story and you know how they do what they do why they do what they do and you know how they got into it so I thought it would be really cool to talk with some of the performers and um yeah get a bit of a background on them and their story and you know why they do what they do because it's pretty awesome when you think about it I mean some of these performers are performing you know from Tuesday to Sunday, you know, every every day of those days, which is just, I mean, it's incredible if you imagine, you know, the, um, you know, having to show up at 100%, I mean, performing at 100% at, you know, each night, um, that's a lot, you know, especially if it's then four weeks straight, it's huge. So um, it's just, it's been such an honour and pleasure to work with these performers and um, I thought it'd be really cool to get a little insight to them as not just as performers but as people as well so that's what we're doing with these special fringe edition episodes and today on the show I chat with the incredible Skylar Benton who is a model a dancer and actress and she's just phenomenal at what she does she has a way of capturing your attention when she's on stage and just holding it she's amazing and I had the wonderful opportunity of chatting with her about how she got into dancing and how her career has evolved over the years and and getting into acting as well and you know the hard and challenging times um and and whilst it's glamorous there's you know it it can be hard showing up at a hundred percent you know but also going week by week, not knowing when your next gig is, not knowing when the next time you're going to tour. And so we really dive deep into what it means to be a, a professional artist, performer, dancer, and um, this was a really fun chat. So enjoy this episode with Skylar Benton. <laughs> Skylar, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Welcome to the Bodies Book Better podcast. Thank you for having me. I say welcome, but we're currently in your hotel. Welcome to my home. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Here for 
Adelaide Fringe. Yes. Tell us about the show that you're in. First of all, this is my third Fringe. Yes. So I'm kind of like a seasoned veteran at this yeah. point. No. Oh my gosh. I was I finally get to the point where I'm like, oh, I actually know people now. <laughs> I, like yeah. I have someone to talk to when I go to the artist bar and I'm not like just like sitting in a corner by myself. Um, but I've just joined a new show and it's called Grit. Um, I've jumped over to the gluttony side. This is my first year at gluttony and I'm very excited. Um, and Grit is, it is a show of unapologetic women expressing sexuality and vulnerability and just not being afraid to show it. And it is a female directed, produced, all cast show. And it's got like punky vibes. And we, it's, you know, it's got burlesque and circus and singing and fire. And you're just like, oh my God, it's going to happen <laughs> next. It. it literally <laughs> has everything. Yeah. Um, and I'm just so excited to be in it. Amazing. Yeah. And this is a new show for you. Yes, it's a new show for me, but they have been in Adelaide. They've, I think they've done two or three shows in Adelaide. They sold out at like 1910. And this is our first time they're going to be in a tent with like lighting, and good sound. Yeah. yeah. And tell us about that process of being in a, well, a new show for you, but that's not new with performers who've performed it already right um what's that like for you coming into it with you know women who've who've bonded together over the show before and you're learning a new piece what, what's all of that like for you I was so nervous um I was just like I hope everyone likes me oh my god um but when I came into the show I, I don't think I've ever felt more accepted and like people were just so happy to have me and I remember like day two came around and I like called my friend and I was like I feel like I've known these girls my whole life like I genuinely meant that like they they brought me in and we were just like hugging and and talking about all these things that we had been through before and first I was living in Tasmania for two months so I haven't seen people in a long time so I was like ah society again and these girls were just like oh like we're so happy to have you and and they were really accepting of like any suggestions that I had um and any like thoughts I had and I wanted to create more storylines within the show and honestly like everyone just came up to me at one point and were like we're so grateful for the things that you've added into it and I honestly wanted to cry because I was like I haven't felt like this in so long and like an all-girl cast can be scary sometimes and you're like oh my god what is their mean what is their catty it just wasn't like that yeah. at all and everyone was just kind and I don't know I was just like I couldn't believe it honestly I was like, yeah. thank you for accepting me <laughs> oh, amazing and and the show starts the 28th tomorrow yeah 20th of Feb. I'm very nervous. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's um let's rewind a bit. Let's start at the beginning. Little Skylar. Little me. How how did you get into because you're a dancer, you're an actress. Mm -hmm. How how did that all begin for you? I remember um I had just joined a new school. And all the cool girls did dancing. And I went home to my mom and I was like, mom, I have to dance. Like, I don't know anyone. And that's what all the cool girls do. And she put me in like dance lessons immediately. Um, and I felt like because I was such a late starter, I was like, I'll never be able to catch up to these girls. 
And I'm like, look at me now. I'm like the only person that still dances. Um, I couldn't believe that. But yeah, I did. I was classically trained for six years, like ballet, tap, jazz, all that good stuff. And then I joined my high school dance line. That was a precision like kick line, like the Rockettes. Yeah, which was very fun. And then I actually gave up on dancing when I was 18. Um, I didn't the the cattiness that I was just talking about working with all girls. That was my high school dance line. So I quit dancing and I was like, I guess I'm just over it. And then it is very cheesy, but I'm not ashamed. I saw the movie burlesque. (laughs) (laughs) I saw the movie burlesque with my mom. And I remember watching it on the couch in the living room. And I was like, I want to do that, (laughs) which is probably weird for like your 18 year old daughter to be like, I want to do that. And I was like, I have to live in LA and, and I'm going to do burlesque. But the whole pre- like the premise of the movie is like this burlesque club is failing and they're like, they're trying to get it to stay afloat. And I was like, ah, they'll be fine. <laughs> and, and I went to LA and I went to school for fashion, but I found like these burlesque classes and I was like, well, I'm just going to go and like, see what happens. And they were a rock and roll burlesque troupe. So they danced to like ACDC oh, wow. and Led Zeppelin. And we just like, we like, wore ripped black lingerie all the time. And I was like, really, I was 18. So I was like, really discovering like, my sexuality and like who I am and being comfortable being sexy and like, ugh, what a gateway. Like, yeah. it was awesome. And I think it was really good for me because I had like a dance background. So I just kind of fell into it naturally. And um, the my teacher was so nice to me and she started inviting me to like workshops. And then I ultimately like kind of was a sub for their group and I was like underage. So I was having to sneak into clubs to perform in their shows and then like having to leave right after. Yes. <laughs> so that's how my burlesque career started. Yeah. But yeah, rock and roll burlesque was, was how it all began. I didn't even know there was such a thing as rock and roll. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. It's <laughs> amazing. Um, so tell us then about your crisis. <laughs> My quarter life crisis. Okay, so I had finished fashion school, fashion school. And I was like, well, this is the rest of my life. I'm 21 and, and now I do an office job. It's like you go to fashion school and you don't think it's going to be an office job, like a nine to six every day. And I'm like a horrible salary. They offered me $28,000 a year. And I was like, money. And then I was like, oh, that's actually no money. Yeah. Could you live? I was sharing a studio. Yeah. So like one of these with a friend. Yeah. Wow. Oh, it was brutal in Los Angeles. And you're like, this is the life I've made it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's the sort of typical thing you hear about performers and actors trying yeah. to get by just to do. But I wasn't even performing yet. That was with my college degree <laughs> yeah. that I've paid for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, we wow. haven't even gotten to the struggle <laughs> yeah. yet. Um, I did at that point. So I'm from Louisiana. And in like my little head, like you don't think of performing as being like a full-time job unless you're like Beyonce, you know, you're like, how is that even possible? I never imagined that. Um, But I was doing like some little burlesque shows here and there. And I ultimately got fired from my fashion job. They realized I hated it. And at the time I was like, I can't believe they fired me. I'm so glad they fired me because I never would have quit. Like I was just doing it to make my parents proud of me, you know? Sorry, mom. Um, And so they ended up firing me. And so I was like, like, I have no job. I have no money. I got kicked out of my apartment. I had to move in with my boyfriend at the time who like didn't like me anymore. And I was like, I'm living the dream. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing it. This is the LA life. And um, I just signed to a commercial talent agency. So they were like sending me out to a couple of 
auditions here and there and i remember going to an audition they're like it's a burlesque audition and i was like all right and i rock up in like my ripped black lingerie and i was like i do rock and roll burlesque boop and like turned on led zeppelin and i was like nee, nee, nee. wow <laughs> like what like, <laughs> i can't imagine doing that now oh god anyway went in and i was like mm, flopped around did my thing and then my quarter life crisis i was like i have $7,000 left to my name. I was like, I have no idea what to do. And my yoga teacher was like, I'm doing a retreat in India. Like if you want to go. And I was like, I've never traveled out of the country before. I don't even have a passport. And I was like, let's go. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy. And that was 21 or two? Yeah. 21. Yeah. 21. I just turned 21 in October. Yeah. And um, I just peaced out. Like I got my passport. I went to India um, I had never experienced jet lag before. I was like, this is wild. And I just went on a yoga retreat with a bunch of strangers. And I was like, this is good for me. Eat, pray, love. We love. <laughs> and um, like halfway through my retreat, my agent called me and he was like, you booked that burlesque job. And I was like, no, <laughs> like that's not even possible. And he's like, you're the lead. And I was like, wow i know and um with your rock and roll with my rock and roll for <laughs> like oh god oh no and then they're like they loved you and i was like this is a lie he's like they want to fly you back from india and i was like oh wow okay like so first of all this is my first job and i was like people can fly me wherever they want i was like exactly. i have made it and so i was like okay well i need to get my stuff together and then my agent calls me the next day and he was like okay you still got the job you're still the lead mm, okay well not the lead lead but let me tell you what happened and i was like oh no like they hate me and he's like no they gave it to dita von Teese. <laughs> and i was like oh i don't remember just all the phone and i was like I can lose to her. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Like, oh, wow. I agree. And I was like, they're like, but you still got the job. Like, you're still yeah. in it to win it. And I was like, okay, this is sick. And I called my mom and I was like, oh, I'm working with Dita Montes. Yeah. What is happening? <laughs> oh, and they flew me back. Like? What, like, what happened? So they flew me back. My poor mom picked me up. I was so jet lagged. I went straight to fittings. And then, well, we filmed on separate days, but um, basically the guy that made the Tupac hologram at Coachella came in and turned Dita Von Teese and I into this hologram for this casino like pop-up they were doing in Macau in China. And um, so I got to go in and, and meet the director. The director was so nice. Her name was Meredith. And I was telling her this is my first job. And I still have this. She gave me a picture because she was like, your inspiration, like think Marilyn, but like is if she was a cat. And I was like, sure. Like, I don't know what that means, but yes. <laughs> and I remember on our break, she came back from lunch and she found a picture, a painting of a cat in a Marilyn dress. What? And she gave it to me and she's like, I bought this for you. And I was like, is this live? Yeah, like, it's so weird. Um, so I was like the lead dancer on this job. And I looked like when one look was like a classic Marilyn look. And the next one was this really futuristic Marilyn look. So I had like rhinestone eyeliner and rhinestone lips. And my oh, hair was all pulled back. And it was like glitter around like my hairline. It was so cool. And yeah, they turned us into holograms. And then the director was like, do you want to come in and meet Dita the next day? And I did. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and I was so nervous. She was so, she's like the nicest woman ever. Like, she's just so kind. And she was like, oh, you do burlesque? And I was like, I do burlesque. And she was like, do you have any videos of you? Like, I'm always looking for blondes. And I was like, I have some videos. 
Where's this going? The video that I showed her was like horrific. Okay. (laughs) I had never danced in heels before. Like dancing in heels now is hilarious. Like I, I didn't even dance in shoes. Okay. I was barefoot dancing on this stage to like, what is it? Who sings hot for teacher? Is that Van Halen or something? I think it's Van Halen from the eighties. Okay. And I was like, here's me doing burlesque. And oh, looking back, she was like, Oh, that's really cute. <laughs> you know, I'm Marilyn Monroe. Like, okay. Yeah. But rock and roll as well. I can do it all. And she's like, that's really cute. And I was like, she's going to book me one day. <laughs> one day. Come on. One day. We'll see. Sure. I've actually had so many friends go on tour with her as well. So I'm like, <laughs> but she follows me on instagram that's all that matters so yeah. <laughs> uh amazing story so how did you get from that to what you're doing now you you tour the world dancing it actually sounds really crazy like coming from where i started <laughs> like you wouldn't imagine um so when i booked that job i realized that I just wasn't following my heart at all before that. And things as they do just started kind of falling into place. And I ended up booking a job in a nightclub where it was just like the movie burlesque. Like I actually couldn't believe it. I was like, I manifested my dreams. Like it was a nightclub. We did like three kind of group performances a night and then solos. And I was like, I am doing it. And that was my full-time job for a while. And, um, and then, you know, the ebbs and flows of LA is like, I also had three jobs at a time. And then wow. that, um, and then three jobs being three jobs. Like I was a hostess okay. and then I was like, I worked at a cigar club and then it would work at this burlesque nightclub at night. So I was like, I don't sleep ever. And then going to acting auditions as well. And I was like, yeah. yes. Um, but there came a point where I was like, I actually just need to take the plunge and just dedicate my life to dancing. So I think it was in 2017 where I was like, no more jobs that aren't performing and everything just happened. And I just started picking up performance jobs around LA. And um, then this guy came in to see my friend at um, a show we were doing and he ended up chatting with me and he was like, I'd really love to fly you out to Miami to perform. And I was like, no. This is a scam because everything in LA is a scam. Like you can't trust it. And he was like, no, and I really want you to come out. Like I'll email you. And I was like, whatever emails me. And he's like, here's your rates. I'd love to come. Like, I'd love to have you come out for the weekend, four days, three, like three days of performing, bring all your costumes. Like I'll put you up. He was so kind. He's like, no, like one of my really good friends, he's a drag queen as well. So he was like helping me with all my costumes and and it just he saw me in this one show and like actually believed in me when like I didn't even know if I could pull it off. And while I was on that show, one day I met this girl with fiery red hair and we hung out all night. And she's like, I'm performing at this place and this place. Like, you know, come watch. She did Ariel and burlesque. And I hung out there for one night. And then a couple months later, she was like, I'm in this show in Australia called Blanc de Blanc. And they love blondes. And I'd really like to refer you for the job. And I was like, I met you one time. Like, do you think I'm that cool? Melina. (laughs) Of course. Like I'm the other nicest human in the world. And I was like, this girl, like she wants to refer me for this job in Australia. And I was like, yeah. And then 
that was it. Like I just got the job and then we started Encore and then I've been on tour for like on and off for three years with them and like got to see all of Australia because of that. And then now I'm back like kind of doing my own freelance thing this time and and a new show. And I was just like, how did I get here? Like, it's just the right place, right time, right person. Yeah. And it, all it takes is one person. One person. And that's actually, that's kind of what happened with Grit as well. I, like, Holly had seen me from Blanc. Holly's our director. And she kind of, like, chatted with me a couple times, like, in the artist bar. But, you know, it's all, like, very casual, whatever. And then I actually went to an audition for Mansion that's showing in Gluttony this year. And I went to an audition for that in October. And I was like, oh, I really want this job. Like, I don't want to be in a big production, like another big production here in Australia. And I want to go home to LA. Like, when? And then Holly was at the audition as well. And um, we both auditioned and left. And I told her, I was like, I'm actually just looking for something to do for Fringe. And she was like, well, I have a show. Like, would you be interested? And I was like, oh, like, maybe. Like, I'll check into it. And I realized, like, I went to that audition because I was meant to meet Holly. Yeah. So I could ultimately end up in her show that I've actually poured like so much of my love and heart into it as well even though it was already built I've like added my own flair to it and I was like I just love looking back on those instances where you're like it was meant to be not what you thought it was going to be but actually played out perfectly right and that's how you've got to look at it isn't it you go well this is what I want to do so I'll put myself in this position and whatever comes from that you go with that and in your case you know you auditioned and you met Holly and Mm -hmm. it's amazing how yeah, I love totally, it. Yeah, I love those kind of like serendipity yeah, things happen. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so tell us about, you know, you go from, I mean, now you're freelance. Would you say you're a freelance? Yeah, yeah. freelance here, yeah. yeah. How do you, yeah, what's the mental state um, or the mindset around that where you go, okay, I don't know what's coming after this. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you go from show and then that? It is a challenge. Um, In LA, it's a bit easier because I've been there for 10 years now. And I know so many people and I've danced at pretty much every place that you possibly could. And our burlesque scene is a bit oversaturated, honestly. Like you can get a job doing burlesque anywhere in that city. Um, So the real challenge was coming here and starting from scratch. Yeah. And it was tough, but it was actually something I wanted to do just because at the moment I'm just quite bored of LA. Yeah. And I was like, I actually want a new challenge. Like I want to wake up and like not expect what's going to happen. And then like those days come and I'm like, <laughs> I didn't want it <laughs> to much, be this hard. Like, yeah. um, but it is, it is challenging and it is a lot of rejection. Yeah. I have to call my mom a lot. Yeah. Um, when I came over here, I was like, I have grit but it's not a lot of work. It's, you know, our season's only a week long and we had like a couple of rehearsals, but I was like really trying to hustle and find other jobs. Mm. So basically I've been like cold emailing a bunch of people and being like, do you need a burlesque dancer? Like, please hire me. Um, But it is just kind of being resilient and like, just keep, keep doing it and like, keep yourself pumped. A lot of people that have responded to me about burlesque have been like, you, you like seem amazing and you have such talent. We've just already booked up for fringe season. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, dang. Yeah. Um, but there have been a few people where I like made some connections and they've continued pushing me on to their friends as well, which I was like, so kind. Again, this one woman I've never even met, she's she's putting me in her show. And then she's like, and I've passed you on to some more people in Melbourne. And I was like, oh, 
that's just so nice. Um, but sometimes like as I've been here so far, I've like already been rejected by like two or three agencies have been trying to get signed to. And I was like, oh, this is devastating. And then I have to call my mom and have like a whole pep talk about it. Totally. You need that so like, yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, I mean, do, with the agencies, do they tell you why? Oh, never. Oh, that's hard, isn't never. it? Oh, my God. It is so difficult, like, especially for modeling. I have never been signed to a modeling agency, and I feel like that's a lot of what I do. So I've wow. just, I've never been able to wrap my head around yeah. why I don't get signed to modeling yeah. agencies, but I always get signed to acting agencies and then I end up doing modeling jobs. Yeah. Um, so I'm always like, this time I, I like had a connection and I was like, oh, I know someone, like I'll be able to get in. And this agency was like, we don't think we have the clientele base for you. And I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. And you don't want to be like, but why? And then like, yeah. you know, every agency like, Nah, like half the people don't even get back to you and it's just a lot of like sending emails and waiting for people to get back to you but I think that's just the kind of performer life in general yeah. and so would you say that's the most challenging part about what you do yes it's that and like staying like like remembering your worth and like staying confident and you're like okay they're not rejecting me because like I'm horrible at what I do. Maybe I'm just not what they're looking for yeah. that's something you have to tell yourself all the time like especially in LA they're typecasting a lot so maybe they don't need a blonde, right? you know, maybe they don't need someone that looks like you. Yeah. Maybe you did a great job. They don't tell you you do a great job, but you still did a great job, but they're just not looking for someone like you. Yeah. So yes, it is, it is a hard job and it is a lot of rejection. So it is something you have to face constantly, like every day. Yeah. yeah. That sounds tough. You think you get better at it and you're like, and then that one job hits you in the face and you're like, yeah. no, totally. <laughs> no one likes rejection. I mean, how do you even get used to that? Especially coming from someone who like actually cannot handle rejection. I'm like, what do you mean you don't want me? And then like, why did I pick a career where they're like, nah? Yeah. I was telling someone this story the other day. I wanted um so like modeling agencies do open calls. So you can just go in and out, like whatever. And you can just show up and be like, I'm cool looking, like hire me. And I was telling them I walked into this modeling agency and I got one foot in the door and they were like, How tall are you? And I was like, I'm five seven. And they're like, no thanks. Oh wow. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll see myself out. I can't believe they still do that. Yeah, they they could spot me a mile away. They're like, oh, you're wearing heels. You're not tall. <laughs> okay, I was trying to lie. Why do you need height to model? I don't know. And I feel like there's so much diversity in the industry now. Totally. And also like every body type, every body yeah. size, la di da. And I'm like, I'm short. Help me. Yeah. <laughs> and also I've done um I've done a lot of makeup commercials as well where like height truly doesn't matter. It's just your, yeah, face. It's your face. And I was like, <laughs> can you just book me for this? Like, is this good enough? And they're just like sure. short. <laughs> oh wow. Craziness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So dancing is the way at the moment. <laughs> yeah. And so then, okay, I think you told me this last year that you don't like to be in one place too long. Oh, facts. <laughs> what is too long and then why? Uh, I, I sat with this when I went home to LA. So I've been in Australia. Well, I was in Australia on tour for eight months, which is a long time. But we were moving city to city every one month or two months. And um, then when I went back to L.A., I 
kind of had the same realization I had when I was in my hometown where I don't like routine. I get bored. Um, there are good things about routine where you're like, I know my favorite coffee shop is here and I know my favorite like Mexican food place is here. But in the end, like when I've been in a city too long and it feels like I'm just doing the same thing every day, I'm just like, it's not adventurous anymore. And I kind of feel like it's just not very creative anymore. And I'm like, 10 years is a long time to be in one city. And and also like 18 years in my hometown. And and oh, I was like so disappointed with having that realization where I was like, okay, we are going to the same clubs and we're going to the same parties with the same people and eating at the same restaurants. And I was like, I need to be exposed to like mm. new things all the time. Sorry. And um yeah, so that's why I love so much about tour is that we're always just like different city, different city. What I didn't realize about tour is that you actually don't get to see the city. Exactly. You get to you get to see yeah. your hotel room. <laughs> exactly. This beautiful hotel room. And then the tent. And then the tent. And you ride your bike and you're like, I'm living life. And then you're like, okay, that's a tent hotel, tent hotel. So too long. I think when you're like, when I'm traveling a lot, I think a month is enough time to see the city without like, you know, wanting to live there and you get to be exposed to a lot of new things. So I think when I was on tour, I was enjoying the duration of the time we were there. I just wish I like had a car so I could have seen more. Or like, I just, like I said, I was living in Tasmania for two and a half months and would do like weekend trips all the time. And I was like, this state is like the most awesome like coolest hidden gym that, it, it was just like we would go from different city to different city and it would change like ginormously from one place to another. And I was like, wow, there's so many things you could be seeing. Why stay in one place? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I then have to ask back in 2020 when everything shuts down and you're not able to do the work that mm, you do. Yeah. Then what happens? I thrived during COVID. Oh, wow. I loved COVID unpopular opinion um (laughs) I had the best time I so I was here when COVID like hit the world oh yeah of course Mm -hmm. yeah 2020 yeah so we we've wow wow so long ago we finished our fringe season and they were like oh this thing COVID's happening but we're just gonna take a break and I was like okay like I'm gonna hang out and have Adelaide and they're like oh they're shutting all the borders you should probably get out and I was like (laughs) Right. right. Yes. Got it. <laughs> and they were like, they couldn't find me a flight home. Nothing. And I, I was like, I was stuck in Sydney for like a couple hours. Cause like LA had shut their borders, San Francisco had shut their borders. And they were like, we got to figure out how to get you into America so you can get home. So they ended up flying me to Hawaii and they're like, okay, once you're in, you're in. So just go. And I remember like being on the plane and I was like, okay, I just have to accept that everything's about to change and there's nothing you can do about it and just go with it. Like my apartment was rented out to someone else. I had to go live with my mom for two weeks because I couldn't get into my place. So I was supposed to be gone forever <laughs> for a couple months. And I, I just kind of accepted it. Like I didn't try to fight it. And I was like, I'm going to read. I attempted to learn French. Didn't work. <laughs> okay. Like I just started doing like really weird things. And I was like, I'm going to take this time. Like no matter how long it is, I don't know how long this is going to be, but I'm going to do all the things that I never allowed myself time to do. And I just kind of approached it like that. And I loved the time off because I, because you're freelance, you are on all the time. You were hustling. You were looking for your next job. 
Like it is scary because a lot of places in LA, they only give you week by week schedules. So you're like, <gasps> like I'm only working wow, three days. Week by I'm week. week by week. Okay. And auditions are like, you know, one every couple of weeks, you're not going to book them all. You're not even going to get them all. Like, and so it's just really, you just got to believe in the flow, which is kind of what I've been doing once I moved here, the believing in the things will all yeah. pan out. But um, COVID, so ours is way more lax than yours. Well, actually, Adelaide wasn't so horrible. Yeah, well, yeah, it wasn't because, I mean, I think we shut our borders as well. Yeah. So, like, California was, like, very open. Yeah. We were wide open. Uh, there was a time where they were, like, you know, just walk around your neighborhood. And then, re- like, restrictions started, like, loosening and loosening and loosening. And then my friends and I were, like, should we just go camping? Like, there's no people out there, you know? So we just started going on camping trips in the middle of nowhere. No one was out there. And we started just going on road trips. And, like, the national parks were still open. Wow. Yeah. Um, They just, like, you know, like wear your mask and stay away from everyone. But no one was there. So we were like, this is sick. And so I, I was like, now is the time to explore the country that I live in because I can't bother myself going to other countries. I think I keep distracting myself with like Europe and Australia and forgetting that I actually live in a very beautiful place. So I just like did so many national parks. It was so beautiful and so much fun. And we did hiking and camping and road trips. Like I did two road trips across the U S twice. I went to see my family. Like I finally just had time to do all these like outdoorsy nature yeah. stuff that I didn't even know I enjoyed until I started doing it. Yeah. That yeah. sounds amazing. Do you feel like that really filled your cup, so to speak? And then after that, you're able to like, as you put it, get into the hustle again and try and book jobs. The, getting into the hustle was difficult for me. Yeah. That was the hard part for COVID for me. Um I remember COVID was coming to an end and jobs in LA were starting to open again. And I was just like, kind of don't want to go yeah. back. But then Blanc came back and they were like, we're going to do a three month tour. Mm, we might do a five month tour. Mm, we did an eight month tour. Okay. And I was just like, so I, I didn't balance it very well. I went from doing whatever I wanted to do and being outdoors in nature to straight back into eight months, one day off a week, no social life whatsoever. And I was like, you know, better than that. Yeah. <laughs> so how did, what's, what's that thought process then afterwards having gone through that and trying, you know, to find a sense of balance? You cannot find a balance on tour. That's just not a thing. Um, But when we would have our weeks off, I would use them very wisely. Like I would just, I wouldn't try to be too active. I remember the first time I went to Tasmania was on one, like one week off that I had and um, just slept in a van and like did the camp. I've never done that before. And I was like, oh, I actually really enjoy this. Um, And so I, I tried to like get out into nature as much as I could. I think I did that in Brisbane as well. We had like two days off. And so I went to the Sunshine Coast, but like up in the mountains and did like some really beautiful hikes and more great Airbnbs. And I was like, okay, I need to be better at this. Like this part of my life is really important. And I didn't realize until I was forced to taking two years off. Mm. And I was like, okay, I don't, I think a lot of people in LA get really obsessed with like that hustle culture. 
they forget to have a life. And I don't want to look back on my life and think, wow, I worked a lot, but I didn't live a lot, you know? And even though I have a fun job, like I'm very grateful for my job. And you get to travel with it. Yeah. Like what's the point of travel if you don't get to see the place? (laughs) That part. Um, So yeah, I've, I'm trying to prioritize, like you have to live life and you can go and you can make your money because money will always come and go and do your job and enjoy it, but also take the time to invest in your relationships and yourself and life outside of work. Yeah. Yeah. Very important. What you do is probably, I mean, looking at what you do, I mean, you're an incredible performer. I think the majority of women would think it is the most scariest thing to be on stage, to dance and then dance in lingerie. Yeah. (laughs) If that's not scary to you, what is? I'm scared of everything. Oh, my God. I'm actually scared of everything. But I, I will have you know that every time I go on stage, I am nervous. Yeah. There is not a time before the curtain that I am not like so nervous. I feel like I'm going to pee my pants every time I like yeah. before I go on stage. I'm like, I have to pee. I have to pee. And then I never have to pee. You know, it's just nerves. Yeah. Um, What is scary to me? Oh, gosh. First of all, I'm deathly afraid of heights and every animal in this country. Um, <laughs> country yeah. Every animal in this country. What is scary to me? I don't know. I, it's just besides like classic things like that, I, I, just, I yeah, I still get I still get nervous. Yeah. I know it looks easy when you I make it look easy, and that's that's the gift of a performer, right? Yeah. When I am on, once I've stepped on stage, it kind of ignites. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm meant to be here. Yeah. Like, you know, when you found your calling and you feel it, and you're like, okay, I actually just have like a, a natural gift at this, yeah, and absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, I, but I am nervous, so don't don't be fooled. <laughs> Like I'm shaking on the inside. I always say if I had a good performance, I blacked out and I don't remember anything. Well, that's not blacking out. That's called flow. <laughs> Is it flow? It's flow. Okay. Yeah. You're in your zone. I'm like, because <laughs> someone will come up to me after the show and they're like, I really loved when you did that one thing. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but awesome. I'm glad you were moved by it. <laughs> yeah. So then tell me about when you're on stage and the audience is not into it it's Ugh. just flat because i've i've been at shows where i'm sitting in the audience i'm like come on people <laughs> like if you get that so how how do you manage that you know what i'll do i'll get in their face <laughs> okay great first of all i'm like if you're at a burlesque show yeah you should know what to expect <laughs> and if you're sitting in the front row you should be scared <laughs> Exactly. Oh my god! You definitely know what to expect. You should definitely know what to expect. <laughs> Look, I have noticed people in Australia are very warm and welcoming to like the arts community. Mm-hmm. Like it's actually hilarious to see most of the shows like get right in their face and like I'm waiting for someone to be uncomfortable and they're just like, "This is what <laughs> I paid for," you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but if they're like. I find that women, they like, cause they always think their boyfriends are looking at you because you're like a lady taking her clothes off. But I like won't pay their boyfriend any attention yeah. and I'll just go and mess with them and I'll be like, no, like it, yeah, it's not like me. that. It's you and me, babes. <laughs> like get on board. Um, but I'll just like, if they're not loving it, I'll just be like, I'll get in their face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I was like, you will love me. You don't have a choice. That's what you came for. This is what you paid for. (laughs) I know we, we spoke earlier about, you know, the challenge of, you know, week to week Mm -hmm. um, of, of a all female cast as well. And what that can be like, but what has been the biggest challenge in your career? To be like, personally however you want to take it biggest challenge in my career um i go through phases where i just like i should have more confidence in myself um i know i've worked a lot on like my self-esteem and my confidence but there i i get really in my head about a lot of things i'm like i could be better like i could put more effort in and i'm obviously like my hardest critic as we all are and sometimes i'll call my mom and just be like you know, I, I should have tried harder. Like I could be bigger. I could be better. I could have better costumes and I'll see other girls perform. And I'm like, you know, like their, their costumes are just better than mine. And then I'm like, why, why am I not like that? And And I'm like, I don't have the money to invest the costumes in that because I invest my money in traveling. (laughs) Good investment. I say, yeah, that's what I think. So. And then I'm like, Oh, like this girl has like four new costumes and I'm still wearing the same one from a year ago. And the challenge is me. The challenge is sometimes you just, you're so hard on yourself when actually like you're still so successful in your career that I try to be kind to like the young version of me, like even just retelling you the story of how it all started and me talking about it now. I'm like, I can't believe I've made it this far. Like you should be so nice and you're still going and just be kind and it's not being intimidated by like other people's costumes you know yeah totally yeah so how do you work on that is is it a constant like reflection process or it is and it's like if you're so worried about costumes then just invest the money you know just do it and it just it's me trying to figure out what I want to spend my money on which goes back to the balance thing it's like do I want to spend it on my career which part of my career do I do I need to focus on burlesque do I need to focus on acting do I need to focus on traveling and still staying connected to myself and da, 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 da. Um, so I try to go through phases of spending time on each of those parts of my yeah. life, which balance and totally. time management, yeah. but it, it also comes to like, just be kind to yourself and, and like recognize how far you've gotten at like at this point in your life. Yeah. And you still have like so much so much life to live and so much further to go, you know? Yeah. So what's, what's the focus at the moment? Well, currently dancing, but um, I did a short film that premiered at Tribeca last year and I have never taken any acting classes before and I've never done a speaking role before that film. And when I did it, it just came so naturally to me. I think everyone just assumes because I'm like very animated and like silly. They're like, oh, you must be an <laughs> yeah. actress. And I'm like, no, I'm not. But I I got this script and, and this character was so close to me. And I really just kind of had natural reactions to it and to my scene partner as well that I was like, oh, I really like this. And I think I have a talent at it. And, and I should have known that before because when I was 21, I did my first music video as a lead. And I remember when I got it, I convinced them to hire me like they were like okay like this this music video is very personal for the lead singer like it's about his singer or it's about his sister who is like 
she suffers from bipolar and schizophrenia and she has like some substance abuse. Like, can you portray that? And I was like, yeah, of course. This is amazing. <laughs> it's an incredible song as well. Like, Have you seen it? I've, I stalk you. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. I was just like, I just went for it. Like, yeah. I was like, how bold as a 21 year old? Just like, yeah, I'll do it. And that's really? that's kind of how I felt about the, um, the short film that I did. I was like, yeah, we'll just see what happens. And everyone couldn't believe it was my first one. And so I was like, a new realization. Oh, I think I have a gift at acting and I think I need to pursue that. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think I can do that in Australia. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Though I may try. Um, but yeah, I, I think... I was supposed to go home. I went home to LA for about seven weeks. And I was like, I'm going to go home and focus on my acting. And then I was like, mm, kind of bored here, actually. Like, yeah. it's annoying waiting around for jobs. That's tough. That's the annoying part is like waiting for auditions to come in. Yeah. And you're just like, <laughs> could do something else. Yeah. And that's what I tried explaining to my agents. I was like, I don't want to wait around. I'd rather be traveling. And then you tell me when I've booked yeah. a job and then I'll come back. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's huge. Tell us about the the acting gig that you got. My short film? Yeah. Short <sighs> film. It was so fun. Okay. So I was on one of my COVID road trips mm. and my friend, uh, she works at Warner Brothers and she just posted on Instagram one morning and I was like half awake and, I was like, eh. and she's like, oh, looking for actresses for something I've written. And I was like, I'll do it. And she was like, mm, I don't think you'll fit the role, but like I'll send your stuff in anyway. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then she sent my stuff in and I read for the other character. What was her name? Becca, Becky, Becca. I read for Becca and Becca was like this very shy, like timid girl who was kind of like a push, the pushover in the friendship. And I was like, mm, can't really relate. <laughs> I'm like, can't relate, but I'll read for it anyway. And then while I was reading the script, I was like, we were doing Zoom auditions at this point. Yeah, of course. And um, I was like, I really like the role of Delaney if you guys ever want to switch around and let me read it. And they're like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, we'll give it a go. And I just failed it. Like, she she is the – have you seen it? I don't think – no. I don't think it's released to public. Yeah. I'll show you. <laughs> um, but Delaney is, like, so sassy and so snippy. And she's just like, mm, you know, she's, like, very strong in her yeah. character. And I was like – I need that one. <laughs> That's me. That's me. That me. I want to do it. And um, last minute, I ended up getting that role. And I booked the job with a girl I've worked with before in LA. So we already had like the natural chemistry. And being on set on a movie is so different than being a performer. Well, you just get to retake over and yeah, over if you want. Yeah. And I was like, oh, being a dancer, you get one shot. Exactly, yeah. And if it sucks, you're ruined. Like, yeah, wow. <laughs> but being on set was super fun and, and we did some stunts and I, I guess I didn't really have any expectations until I saw the first cut and I was like, Oh wow. It's actually really good. And I was like, I actually pulled it off. <laughs> like I was shocked because you can't, they're not gonna let you watch your take back. They were just like, and we had 12 hours to film it. That's nuts. We filmed it. We filmed a short film in 12 hours, an overnight shoot on Valentine's day. My favorite part was I left the shoot with like blood splattered all over my face. Oh, wow. I was driving home on Valentine's Day at like seven in the morning with blood all over me. And I was just like. <laughs> wow. And then um, we premiered at the Chinese theater in Hollywood. 
What? Wow. Like, I got to walk a red carpet, black carpet, same name, but like, it was a carpet. It was a carpet. And I got to walk my first carpet like two days before my birthday. Oh, wow. And I just felt like the coolest person in the world. It was sick. And then so it debuted there and and I was like, okay, like this is awesome. Like mm, what next? And then it just kept growing and growing and growing. And then while I was here fringe last year, they're like, we got into Tribeca. And I was like, no, this is impossible. Like how is my first acting debut going to one of the biggest film festivals in the world and so i like called my boss at blanc and i was like i'm sorry but i have to go yeah, <laughs> and so yeah. i left for two weeks because i was like i'm trying to get tried back and this may never happen again yeah of course i'm so glad i went those opportunities That's yeah huge. we had massive people in our category as well like amanda seyfried was in our category I'm like um, Steven Spielberg's daughter directed a movie in our category and they were just like incredibly talented people. And I was like, how did I get here? (laughs) I do not deserve. That's super cool and reaffirming to you as an actress. Yeah. How cool is that to, um, you know, look back over what you've done and, you know, like you said at the beginning, you know, we're always our, you know, harshest critic to be able to look over something and go, actually, oh, that's really good. I'm good at this. Yeah. I mean, that must do a lot for your confidence in moving forward through and, and like opening up, you know, your mind and the possibilities to what's next. I, I think it really did. I think the film definitely gave me a lot of confidence, especially going into my auditions after mm-hmm. that. Um, I just, I think I've finally accepted because first of all, when you're doing it on your self tapes, it's either you filming it by yourself or like your mom helping you, you know, like if I was a thanks mom, mom, I was like, hold the camera like this mom, please. And then I remember my stepmom was helping me film and, you know, I went into the scene and whatever. And then she like put the phone down and she was like, wow, you can really just turn it on. And she was like, you are so good. And You're like, yeah, I'm an actress. <laughs> it's, it's always funny to hear from other people because yeah. I think it might just be my personality to go from like this to this. Mm-hmm. And and even like my my like ex-partner was helping me and and he was just like, yeah, you just like turn it on so quickly. You go from like joking around and be like, ha ha, scene. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I guess I kind of do. <laughs> Um, and it's always like even better when family says it. It is. Yeah. I was trying to explain that to someone and I was like, it just means so much more because frankly, my dad and I do not talk about my burlesque career, <laughs> but what I always tell him about my cool, like music videos and like commercials. And it's always really nice to hear from my family. They're like, we're so proud of you. Actually, my dad and my stepmom came to Tribeca with me. Oh, how nice. They did. It was so cute. Like a family trip to New York. It was was really fun and really nice to like have support there because only my mom has come um, to see me perform in Australia. And so it was nice for like my dad to like be there and be like, that's my kid. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It was cute. Well, tell us about what you're looking forward to here at Fringe and in Adelaide and how long, because I know the show Grit is only here for the week. The week, yeah. Get to it. Get to it. (laughs) Get your tickets. Um, So what's the plan? What are you looking forward to? What's happening afterwards? Well, this is the first time that I haven't had a show where I work every day. Yeah. So I'm actually getting to 
experience fringe and i have just been using my artist pass like left (laughs) and right and i was like get me into all these shows and i'm so excited because i've actually seen so many shows so far and i was like you don't realize how much talent you're surrounded by like above everyone i've seen i'm just like we all we're all just here and it's funny because we never get to see each other's shows but now i have all this time and i was like i'm gonna make a point to see all these amazing things and i've just been having the best time so like i actually get to go out and have dinner (laughs) i get to like have some drinks go see some shows i'm like living a normal person life but also with an artist pass like don't have to (laughs) spend all my money (laughs) um i don't know what's next my plans just changed (laughs) as of recently I, i thought i was gonna stay in australia a bit longer and now I'm like, hmm, oh, I don't know what to do next. I'm like, I kind of wanted to go to Vietnam because I've never been there. Again, I'm like already on this side of the world. And I'm like, should should yeah. I just go over there and like focus on me time? Totally. Or I'm like, should I get back to LA? Because I surprisingly have had like so many of my friends are like, come back. Like, we want to see, we have so much work for you. Da, da, da. <laughs> Why is that surprising? I, was, I don't know. I guess I was surprised. like, everyone's like, come home. We have work for you. And I was like, Oh, people miss me. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I was like, maybe I should go back and like hit the ground running with like my acting career. And if I want to do it, then focus on it. Cause I'm like, you can only dance for so long. Like my body's falling apart. That's why I see you. <laughs> I'm like, help me please. <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do a bit of a traveling. Maybe yeah. I'll focus on my acting career a bit more seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you should, you should. I'm excited. Finish this sentence. Skylar, you should see grit because. Because if you want to see some badass women with some crazy talents being unapologetically sexy, come to the show. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Come to the show. That was Skylar Benton performing in Grit this year at the Adelaide Fringe in Gluttony. Make sure you check her out. And if you want to follow her journey as well, you can find her on Instagram, that Skylar girl. I'll have all the links in the show notes as well. I hope you enjoyed this special Fringe edition episode. Make sure you tune in for the next few. I cannot wait to bring you all these incredible performers and all their incredible stories as well have the best day week month and year stay awesome and we'll catch you next time